This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. We are high above Husky Stadium, Alaska Airline Fields, in the visiting coaches box with the purple LEDs shining down on Husky Stadium, where Washington escaped with a victory over Arizona State 15-7 in front of an announced crowd of 68,300 and uh, 54 degrees at rain time at game time. And weather report did not show any rain in the forecast, and it was raining during the game. Not heavily, but it was definitely raining. I, I guess that should have been the first sign of a heads up that funky stuff was going on, that uh, when we were coming in, we were getting a little bit of rain, and we were getting definitely getting rain during the, during the game. What, what part of the game did it stop, or did it ever stop? Uh, it was on and off most of the game. Because it did, there did the, there was a point in the first half where I think the wind picked up quite a bit, nah. and then it died down again, and then not it down. never came back. Yeah, not down the field. I didn't notice it, yeah. and the and the rain wasn't that bad. I mean, these guys practice in it all the time, but it was just kind of weird because I don't think anybody was prepared for the rain. So, uh, Husky Hall of Fame inductees were honored today. Lots of people here on the sidelines: uh, Warren Moon, um, Ronnie Roland, Ronnie Roland, um, Anthony uh, Allen. Uh, Spencer Morona. I saw Spencer Morona here and um, Mike Rohrbeck. It was also homecoming, so there was a lot of players there. Uh, Cody Pickett, of course, uh, got a chance to talk to Cody. And Reggie Williams was here. As uh, John Anderson, John Anderson referred to him as Special Reggie. So Reggie was special today, but it's always good to see uh, John Anderson. And uh, John met the athletic director, and he goes, "I know you." I guess John's when he got announced, John sent him a do- bottle of Dom. So, <laughs> yeah, John, so that sounds like a John Anderson <laughs> thing to do. That's told, awesome. Well, what did we send him? I, I told John, I, I told him it was kind of lame because I know that John's got pappy. So, <laughs> yeah. What, what did we send? We sent him a heads up. Yeah. We sent him a heads up. That's what we did. Yeah, but uh, lots of lots of players. Uh, recruits there, not many. We I mean, there, there, was, there was a decent amount, but there, nobody that really is worth mentioning right off the top. I mean, it, yeah. it wasn't. The, the big mostly week was 20, last week. Mostly 2025, 20, 26 I didn't see guys. any 2024 20, guys there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just a little bit uh, – we didn't expect that many people here. There will probably be more here for the Utah game coming up. But, but By the way, I was impressed by – honestly, 7.30 kickoff. I know it's homecoming week, but 7.30 kickoff the week after Oregon. One in five Arizona State team. I expected maybe 50,000 here. There was more than that. Oh, yeah. No, there's, there's, there's probably about 60,000. 60, yeah, I'll tell you what. I thought other than the corners of the student section – I and, thought and to, the corners, and the corners up, up in the very, very top of each of the of the High jaws. Rise, yeah. um, I thought honestly, it looked great. Yeah, and 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 like I said, I mean, everyone talks about you know potential letdown, the emotional stuff. 
I, the fans can go through the same stuff. Mm-hmm. They can see they the were, most. They were loud. They were yeah, loud. Yeah. But they can see the most amazing game in the world last week, and this week it can be like, oh, well, this is just going to be a walk in the park, and that obviously leads to what we saw. Again, we're talking about Arizona State. Funny stuff with the rain, but uh, they're a little bit bruised and battered. A lot of guys didn't suit up today, Scott. For Arizona State or for the Huskies? For Washington. Yeah, Both. well, for Arizona State too. Yeah. But Both. Washington, uh, Jalen McMillan, Jeremy Bernard, and Tuli Letulixanoa, they. None of those three guys started. And to be honest with you, Washington shouldn't have needed those guys to win this game. But I'm sure they would have had an impact if they had played. Yeah. yeah. And then also um, with, I don't know if when Landon Hatchett came in at center and they moved Parker Parker over to guard. But mid, then mid later third, they... Mid first quarter? Yeah, it was early because Garen went out of the game. But yet we were looking. No, and it was... I, it was no, it was Garen, Garen moved out of the game, which moved Parker Burlesford from center to right guard. I didn't see. Was he hurt? Or? Well, no, because from what? Because first of all, he came back in to start the second half, but then went right back out again. Yeah. So whatever he was, it, he clearly was affected. But at the same time, guys, when I was seeing him on the sidelines, he was there and he had his helmet. Mm-hmm. And so they, it's not like he went to the tent. He wasn't. So I don't know whatever it was yeah. that was lingering, it but was, clearly. Was it? An, an injury issue or was it just ineffective play? I yeah. don't know. And, and, so. and you guys, the, the media, we didn't get a ton ton of questions to be able to talk to Coach DeBoer because, of, of course, it's like, you know, 11, it's after midnight right now. But um, we'll talk to him on Monday, and we'll hopefully get a much more uh, in-depth explanation on Guerin as well as uh, Cameron, Fabikilainen. Yeah, uh, Cameron was, uh, it looked like a knee injury. He was He was taken off on the cart. So we know that he was taken off on the cart, and then um, also Asa Turner came out of the game too. So I don't know if but he, he stayed. He, he came back for okay. the for the last couple series. Yeah, holding his shoulder. Yeah. So it looks like Jeez. not only his hand, but it looks like he's got his shoulder bothering yeah, ZT, him too. ZTF got nicked up too at some okay. point in the second half. But it also but it also sounds like Vincent Nunley wasn't suited up either, and that's why we saw Mikelistein. Okay. Yeah, no, and and I was trying to look for for Vince because he didn't play against Oregon either. And I'm not sure if that was by design or what have you, but, yeah, he might be banged up too. Yeah, story of the game, it's not hard to figure out what it was, but uh, turnovers, 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 yeah. turnovers. And we're not used to seeing that. Ironically right? enough, it was, it was the turnovers in Washington's end that put him in the hole, and then it was the turnover, the one turnover on Arizona State's end that ended up being the difference in the game in Washington's favor. So, yeah, when you lose the turnover battle, guys, 4-1, to one, I don't care if you. I don't care if you're favored by twenty-seven and a half or thirty-seven and a half. You lose it by that oh, much. Yeah. Chances are you're going to lose the game. Real quick question: Last week, Oregon outgained Washington and also had Washington had the one turnover, right? Mm-hmm. So they lost both. And they said that doesn't like was Washington it, hasn't won. Oh, and thirty like something yeah. or whatever. Now they've done it two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah back to back. Well, not only was the turnovers, and I think Michael's a little irritated at me, but I asked Michael because he had two balls batted down against Oregon. He had two more batted down today. And I don't know if it's a matter of him with a low release or him not sliding to get a better window. I'm not sure what you guys saw on that. It could be a little bit of all that. It it can be, but it's also guys are getting penetration, and they're getting their hands up. And guess what, guys? Other teams are learning Mm -hmm. what's effective. Like And Coach DeBoer said it after the game. He goes, guys, other teams are seeing how the Arizonas dealt with us, the Arizona States have dealt with us. 
They are getting the blueprint, and we fully expect to see more of this going forward. It's not going to be a surprise. I think one of the things that opposing defenses have learned over the course of the year is that they don't necessarily have to really get into uh, Mike's face, but they have to get on top of him a little bit in terms of they have to, they have to muddy up the windows. They have to get their hands up and kind of adjust things that way, and obviously it's, it was very effective tonight. Yeah, you know, uh, it was just uncharacteristic. One of the interceptions came from a ball being batted down, and it sounds like Romo Dunsey was wide open, and that would have been a touchdown. Yeah, I, I didn't see on that play, but, yeah, I mean, it was... It's hard to track where the ball yeah. would have gone because you're so focused on, oh, it just got picked. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Michael also said post game, you know, that what they were doing, because they were sending a lot. They were blitzing a lot. Sure. Yeah, right up the middle, right up the A-gap. Yeah, and he said it's nothing that they haven't done before. We saw that. We anticipated it. It's just that they had a tough time executing. And I don't know if that's because he, if that you know the interior offensive line was the issue. Well, I, I've got to believe, and I'm not going to throw the blame, throw shade on Landon Hatchet, but, I mean. True freshman. Why would you freshman, do that? True freshman, I mean, but, I mean, he's in there. He's right. starting. He's right. snapping the ball. I mean, it's it's right where he is is where all of the pressure was coming. Now, they're sending three guys right up the middle. He and Parker Brailsford are doing everything they can, and the running back's doing what he can. But after a while, I mean, number 22, uh, Carlos, is it Carlos McCullough or? Brooks? Brooks. Are you talking about no, Carlos Brooks? No, uh, McCullough. I'm trying to remember his first name. Number 22, he was the one who was spending a lot of time. Oh, in Caleb the, McCullough. Caleb You're McCullough. talking about defense. Yeah, I thought you were sorry. defensively. Yeah. He, he was just causing so many problems for the Huskies up front. He was getting his hand on passes. He was coming right up the middle almost every play. Yeah, he had eight tackles, ended up with a tackle and yeah. a, a tackle, a tackle for loss and a half. He had a game high. Yeah, he was good. Well, probably the biggest glaring thing today on the offense was 13 carries for 13 yards. They could not get a running no. game going to save their life. No. Nope. Yeah, and it's interesting. Even the things like the extended handoffs, like the you know they did toss plays. I'm surprised at Washington. Even when they tried to go maybe a little bit more side to side, they were just stymied yeah. Yeah. by the edges. And they couldn't figure out a way until maybe close to the end of the game to try to figure out a, a bit of a screen game or something to take away their aggressiveness and try to do something where they could really counteract it and use it to their, uh, to their advantage. It was just really, really difficult the whole time. And, and here's the thing, guys. I mean, I think we've known in a lot of ways that, that Washington can do some things without a great run game. They've shown it at times this year. But then the last couple games, Arizona and, and Oregon, they really started to seem like they were running the ball with some assertiveness and they were actually moving some piles and they were, and they were allowing guys like Dylan Johnson and some of these other guys to get open or to, to get some yardage, man, all of that just shut down in a hurry. It just, it just tells me that, you know, really whatever the game plan was with Ryan Grubb, this is just one of those rare games where he got flat out, whatever the game plan he thought was Arizona state was going to give them going in, just they got stymied in a huge way. And then we got an early indication that uh, fourth down and less than five, they were going to go for it. I know. Arizona State was going to go for it. I know. What, they were what two or six? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Something, then they had yeah. the quick, and then they had the quick kicks too. Yeah. So they didn't. So then they were, you know, putting themselves in an advantageous situation because they weren't allowing Washington to even have a return on some of those yeah. situations. Although Dominic Hampton. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to be honest with you, that wasn't necessarily a bad no. play, but you've got to take it, and then you just get, you've got to duck. You got to just get down. 
Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna try to minimize the issues, then minimize the issues. Yeah. Mike didn't look comfortable tonight. Not, Not at all. all. Not at all. And I think again, getting the thing, getting the pressure up, up right up the gut, a gaps, and, and 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 right in his face was a big part of it. I thought honestly, by the third and fourth quarter, I I really felt like the the offensive line for Washington really kind of bowed up and and gave him enough time. But by then, I think the cumulative effect of him having to throw the ball under duress, having the, the hands in his face, things like that, I think kind of got to him a little bit where he was maybe kind of chasing some shadows and, and the windows were getting a little muddier um, to the point where he was not having near the success that people would have expected. Also, it looked to me a little bit like one of their defensive linemen seemed to be getting off the snap of the ball pretty quick. Did you guys notice that, that maybe he was getting an indication and being able to read the clap and knew what was coming? Well, the, I, I noticed some guys in the neutral zone, yeah. but, that, but that's neither here nor there. It there. was funny because they called Sakai, right. uh, Asawafoa, for being lined up in the neutral zone down deep on the touchdown drive for, yeah. I think it was the touchdown drive for Arizona State. But we could see right down was, the line. Prince, Prince Dorba, they, like he had a couple his times where he was, was even with the ball. Yeah, he was right, and, he was and right he in was there. he was leaning over it and yeah. they didn't call it. Yeah. So it was it was weird. But no, I didn't notice that. Um, I might have to go back and watch the film because I, I didn't I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> Let's just say a, UW, a newer UW official, I'm not going to name any names, <laughs> a newer UW official on the sidelines on the one pass interference call, and then the uh, flag came in late, and they picked it up, and he got uh, welcome to Pac-12 referees, so <laughs> it was kind of funny, but anyways, we'll talk about that off the air. But uh, what, What's there to talk about? I don't understand. Uh, I, you, you lost me. <laughs> I know. Well, I lose a lot of people. It's it's twelve thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you notice? Arizona's defense was doing to really frustrate Michael. Oh, it was it was blo- coming right in his face. I mean, it was coming right in his face. Um, he gave them no- they gave them nothing down the field. I mean, how many times did Penix throw it deep to either Rome or Jalen Polk, and they had two guys on him? Yeah, well, I mean, almost every time. It was time. obvious that Mike was getting impatient because yeah. that's not a throw he should be making. Yeah. They're no, not he, winning that. Yeah, no, I mean, you could see it where those guys were. Yeah. There was a safety over the top, and it looked like they were double covering Rome uh, quite a bit quite as a bit, well. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he drew the he did draw the pass interference call, but I mean, I don't, I still don't know how that wasn't pass interference when Jalen oh, Polk. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> how was how that not a pass interference? Yeah. I just okay. Well, it was only two steps. He hit him early. <laughs> everything is selective and yeah. everything's subjective. So yeah, that's a, I mean, but they still almost had two guys with almost 100 yards because Rome had 82 and Volk had a little over 100 yards. So, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, just a surprising stat, by the way. Uh, Washington only had 55 plays. Is that a season low? It must be. I mean, it's close. If it's not, it's if it's not right there, it's close. And like we were talking about, it's the first time Washington's been behind at halftime all year. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was, I mean, there were tons of firsts, Kim, today. Tons of firsts. Lots to clean up. Yeah. Uh, that's the good news. That's the really good news. Is that there's so much to clean up, and you still won the game. Yeah. Also, time of possession, uh, 37 to 22. Yeah. It just seemed like Arizona State just had the ball the entire game at times. Now, one thing I'll say. The defense only gave up seven points. They were, And the one drive of seven points to seven points was only 53 yards. Yeah. So... But the problem was between the twenties, Washington surrendered a lot of yards. They yeah. just played really well in the red zone. 
Arizona State was only one of three on the red zone possessions. So um, that was huge for Washington. Yeah, and they were also five of 17 on third yeah. down. And, and, and two, two of six, six on fourth down. Fourth. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Yeah, yeah, three three turnovers in the uh, first half, and Washington gets the ball in the second half, and promptly Jalen Polk, oh. the guy you least expect, fumbles the ball after a catch. You know, and it I was thought he was like, going to break his hands on the bench when he went back to the sideline. He was obviously not too thrilled with himself. Yeah, you know, and it was just like, okay, well, we really didn't have a halftime break because here we go again. Yeah. It no, it was, and, and then there's no question about it. And you, you know, at that point, they're down in the turnover battle. What four nothing? Four nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You. I mean, you cannot win any. I don't care who you're playing, Kim. You cannot give up four turnovers and not get the ball back and expect to win games. You just can't. You've got to have possessions. And Washington only ran 55 plays. Yeah. You know, with four turnovers, I mean, how much of a difference would that have made? Oh, absolutely. Would have. And and Deborah now. Uh, talked about it in the press conference the post-game press conference but they go down instead of throwing the pick on the tip pass and you know when it was like at the five yard line if they get that score that completely changes the complexion of the game because washington's up seven nothing at that point and so just and just to make sure people understand this and underscore it arizona state had 12 drives washington had 11 but one of those was the one where they just took the victory formation and and they had the and in Arizona one of Arizona's possessions was the last twelve seconds of the first half. Right. So you can't really count that either. Right. For them. But it's it is interesting the fact that, that they were the they were the ball control offense tonight. Mm-hmm. Arizona State was the one that ball controlled it with the run. They had the balance of the run and pass. They ran for almost one hundred and fifty. I think they threw for almost two hundred. Yeah. Um, they showed a lot of balance. I mean, Kenny Dillingham. I mean, Kenny Dillingham. We know that that he's a great offensive mind from what he did at Oregon. So it wasn't necessarily a surprise. But to still Trenton Borgay. What is it about Trenton Borgay that absolutely stymies Washington? Is he going to graduate? Well, I don't know. But either you know way, what? they're not playing him. They're next not. Year. Yeah, exactly. They're not playing him next yeah. year. So he's it's, not it's, big. He's not fast. He's not elusive, and doesn't have a strong arm. But. You know what? There's just something. He runs the offense. He runs their offense. You know who he reminded me of? Jonathan Smith back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, and as much as we're praising him right now, it's the one play he didn't make that was eventually their undoing. Yeah. No, it was just, uh, it was a little bit numbing at times. But uh, Grady Gross came in. Is he the player of the game? Offensive player of the game, anyways? I made him that. I made him that. I'm, I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to convince you guys that Mish Powell was the it. offensive Unless player of the game. I cannot have a guy making a defensive play 
be the offensive player of the game. I think there's a lot of Washington fans out right now that would agree with me. You're quit biting on yeah. that. Okay, go. <laughs> He's trolling, and you're I biting know. big time. No, let's Jeez. go. He's choking. <laughs> Uh, talk about the... Uh, the but, but Grady Gross. Let's give him props. Oh, yeah. I mean, 20, comes in. 24, 24, and... Well, 40, 24, 47, 24. Yeah, but I mean, three just nailed on. I mean, they, they were no doubters. And they needed those so badly how long, just to maintain some things. How long was the kick that Oregon missed last week? 43? 44? 44, 43, 43, 44, yeah. something like that. No, just, and just real quick, Scott, you've seen, you've seen the game with Kelly... Um, Kenny Dillingham and uh, Dan Lanning choose a head coach. Which one do you think is a better head coach? I, I don't know if you can. <laughs> other thing I would say too. Dan is that, Lanning has a lot more talent to work with. But you know, another props and kudos to the special teams. On the other side, when Arizona State tried their field goals, a missed and a block. Yeah. And I think we did we confirm that it was Elijah Jackson that's what yeah, I came Elijah up with the block. Yep. So credit to Elijah Jackson for getting his hand on that ball. That was that was huge because mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're winning that special teams battle nine nothing. And, and even by that if, if even if Beach Powell doesn't even score, they still have a chance to win that game just on the field I, goals. I know alone. they aren't counted as turnovers, but those are essentially turnovers. Yes. Yes. So. And, and all those downs, when yeah. when they win the when yeah. they those two of six, those four missed. Those are essentially turnovers too. I know we, you know, I thought Elisha had a great spring. I thought he had a great fall camp, and then the first game he kind of struggled a little bit. But I think Elisha Jackson is playing really well. He's playing better, and he had two pass breakups that were key pass breakups. One was in the end zone, right, and then the other one was on one that could have been a score if he yeah. Had, but then he almost he yeah. almost should have had a pick here on, yep, the, on, on, the so, on their yep. sideline. Yeah. So that could have salted the game away too. But again, overall. The only thing I think you can say about these guys, especially on defense, is you got to love the fact that they're getting better. Mm-hmm. And they're getting better at the crucial times. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people are going to just laugh when I, when I tell them this. But I think everyone understands what Washington's offense can be. They've, they, there's enough of a sample size that everyone understands. This was a, a, a huge anomaly. Mm-hmm. And credit to Arizona State for making it so. But for the defense to continue to improve and get better and, and, and show different aspects and to still have so much that they can work on with the pass rush, for instance, getting to the quarterback, that still has to happen. And they were able to win the game today without really getting much of that happening. Arizona State driving in the fourth quarter and uh, was it fourth down? And uh, Washington's down seven to six or down a point and Arizona State driving and Meese Powell comes up big. Huge, you know, Husky twelve. The Husky twelve yard line. I thought when Washington called timeout, Dillingham would come to his senses and kick a field goal. Yeah, right. I, I just I thought he was. You know what? You just gave him a chance to rethink well, his fourth and what? His fourth and three. And and we were t- and, and our whole conversation back and forth was I was like, he's got a kick here because then that forces Washington to go score a touchdown. Which they have not been able to and, do. Yeah, and they weren't able to do that all night and still weren't able to do it. So it was fourth and three? Fourth yes. and three. And Oregon last week was fourth and three. Fourth and three. <laughs> Washington is nails on fourth but, and but, three. But, but, you know, with, with Dillingham, I give him credit for this in the sense that, yeah, he tried to kick some field goals. But, like, with Washington, for instance, at the end of the first half to get the field goal from Grady Gross, that made sense because, mm-hmm. as many people have pointed out, you don't get the benefit of putting the team back in your own end zone. Yeah. Right. That's the heat. That I mean, was the that big was point. the same 
that was the same spot that Dan Lanning had the right. week before. Should have kicked a field goal. And he said it right after the game. Yeah. He goes, of all the ones I did, that was the one I screwed up on. Break down the play because I didn't. I, I only saw Mish uh, running okay. towards me because people were stepping out in my way. So basically, Bour- Bourget took the snap. He looked right. He didn't look anywhere else. He looked right. His wide receiver, and I don't know who it was, his wide receiver was slanting in, and Powell came off of his man, jumped right in front of the pass, and was gone. Yeah, and it was, I don't know if it was maybe, was it Trice or somebody that was trying to get in front to try to help deflect? Whoever it was. And then whoever it was, there was one Arizona State player that was was trying to nip. Was it? Yeah. That was nipping at his heels, and as soon as he was able to get past him, it was yeah. green grass. I didn't know he had. I I love Mish. I didn't know he had that kind of speed. Yeah. Did any? Was anybody close to him? Borge was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, once he got past he him, he dove at him probably about the 15, 20 yard line. 20, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was close enough where it was. Yeah. I was like, they better score because this offense can't score tonight. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> no. Uh, they score. Mm-hmm. That puts them up uh, twelve to seven. Twelve to seven. They go for two. They decide to go for two, which I right. thought was a little bit odd. Why? I, so I they go up fourteen seven. That's yeah. I understand so that, but there's still a lot of time left. But you want to be up uh, a touchdown. Okay. Yeah, you want to be up. Want to be because it makes no sense to be up six points right. when you can be up seven. Right. Because the other team, if they go down and score a touchdown. They can they can be a, but anyway, not just that. I don't mind them going for two. I thought the play call. I love Ryan Grubb, and I I would ninety nine point nine percent of the time, I think that guy is the greatest play caller that I that we've had here in a long time. That call was ridiculous. Do you want me to tell you what that call was? What? What the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the other thing, but the but the. But the decision to go for it, to go for two, I think more people right more people would have questioned him if he hadn't done that. Yeah. So, or and ultimately, maybe that's a question for DeBoer as well. Does 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 DeBoer make that call? Is it just simply the analytics? Right. DeBoer of it? makes that call. Yeah. So, but but obviously, Grubb would make the play call. Mm-hmm. And I like I said, I told the board, I said Central Florida tried to do the exact same play. Against Oklahoma Today. at the end of their game and got absolutely stuffed, just like Washington did. Well, also, uh, I think it was eight minutes to go when yep. they made that, and yep. then uh, they come back. Eight eleven. Come back, and the defense makes three and out. Three and out. Was that the first time all day they'd done that? Very. The other early on, they had like a five and out. Right. Um, they, but yeah, from a three and out standpoint, I think big that was defensive the only one. stand. Yeah, very big. And did and did we uh, did we also agree that that was Tybo Rogers that had the double penalty? Yes. Was yeah. number the one thir- number thirty. It's called Tybo. number thirty, but it was. And, and what they're saying, what they're okay, doing hey, in, hey, the, in the book say, here, it was J.B. on Green. Before you go there, just I want to talk about that defensive stand. What was the key play on that defensive stand there? Um, uh, the three and out. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't not remembering. Okay. Well, the, fir- the the first down play, where it was the rush for five yards, minus five yards. Right. Gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, it put him behind the sticks. Yeah. yeah. And, then- and and what happened was Bourget, he, or Bourget, he, he Muhammad almost went right by him as the ball got fumbled. It was, and he could have almost gotten that. Yeah, no, it was uh, Jabbar Muhammad. Yeah, and he yeah. did, and the guy did fumble that, and that would have. Put the game away if yeah. they would have gotten yeah, that. I mean, it's not fair to say Jabbar yeah. should have gotten that ball, no, no, but it no, was. No. But he was literally, if he had taken, 
if, if there was any other circumstance where he could have literally just fallen down right at that point, he would have gotten the ball. And then with the three and out forcing them to punt, um, mm-hmm. what, about six minutes to go? Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. And then uh, what was Tybo Rogers? Oh, before I go there, um, they had Daniel Nada returning kicks. Yeah. 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 He's done that before. Arizona State. Okay. He's done that before. Yeah, and remember, with no, with no Jeremy Bernard, you know, you, you've got to have someone else and who can do they, that. I don't, I don't think they feel Giles Jackson is a very good kick returner. I think they feel he's better as a punt returner. But the guy that I was expecting back there, Richard Newton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he started the year okay. out there. But Sorry to get sidetracked, but uh, yeah. after the three and out, they punt it, and there was a 30-yard penalty. What, yeah. uh, well, what it, was, it was a 15-yard penalty during the play, and then there was a post-play 15 yard on sportsman like. What was the first 15 yards? It was basically like a double foul, yeah. but one was during the play and one was after the play. I know, but was it blocking the back? Was no, it- no, no, no. It was just like an unsportsman like. They were, they were kind of chipping at each other. Yeah, so, so one happened where, they, where they, were, yeah. they were getting going after each other during the play, and apparently they thought that, that the Washington player, I guess it was Tybo, um, did something that elicited the foul during the play. And then on top of it, then they tacked on 15 more. Because he was chipping post, at other guys. Which which was, was kind of funny because the guy he apparently was going after tried to kick him as he's like running to Washington sideline. And, so. and then the thing is, he probably should have stayed over on the ASU sideline. Did you? Did yeah, you I was see what yeah. Lee Marks, Oh, no, Lee Marks, Lee Marks was about ready to. He met him, yeah. he met him about 20 yards off of the sideline. He came in onto the field about 20 yards, and he was lighting him up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very curious to see what the their their kind of kangaroo courtish version of what they yeah. have to do for when they make those kind of mistakes. Well, he was on some thin ice to begin the year, so you know he's. Doesn't well, have, but I don't, I don't think that. I don't think that has, I don't think that has one thing to do no, with the other. There's no excuse. You can't yeah. use the "I'm young" excuse, yeah. but he's young. But again, yeah. I don't think one has to do with the other. No. But thirty yard penalty because Washington was going to be in pretty good field position on that punt. And they get moved back thirty yards, but uh, Michael Panix looked like the old Michael Panix on that drive but until at he got, times until he got into the red zone. Yeah, and then they couldn't do anything again. Yeah. And then because you score a touchdown there, you don't even care. What's going and then on in tell that? tell them what your thought was when he did the, tried to do the throwback pass. To oh Devin my Cole. gosh! When he so on third down, it's third and what twelve or whatever, third and ten. It was third and actually third and four. It was yes. Oh okay. Well, he tries the throwback. He rolled to the left. The reason the why left. it felt a lot longer, guys, was because he got rushed. Yeah. And he got to the point where he was literally on one side of the field, decided to throw it all the way back over. And he and I'm like. I, I just didn't know what to think because I was like, that's going to be a pick six the other way. Right. Because it could have been, yeah. but it wasn't. So. Yeah, he was throwing to Devin Culp, I believe. Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of times those throwback plays are because you've completely bamboozled the defense to thinking that everything is going the one way and the other guys literally just camped they, out. They had Washington dialed yeah, up. Yeah, they had them scouted pretty well. So Grady Gross comes in and kicks a field goal, which puts him up t- – to fifteen to eight, fifteen to seven, seven. which is an eight point lead, which is a touchdown and a two point conversion. And I'm thinking, I bet they wish they would have had that well, one extra can, point. You, I know, I know. Buts, you, you know. didn't, you didn't know you were getting that yeah. that other possession. It's, it's the same. It's the same rationale after the fact when Washington fans were worried that Washington scored too soon against Oregon at the end of the game. It's when just, it's like you guys are behind, it just seems you like, have to you have to take them when you can. It just seems like when you fail on that two point conversion of so many times, it, it just can feels come back and bite you. 
fight. It, so. And it just seems to do that. But uh, final possession, uh, you know, uh, they were able to get some – Arizona State was able to get some yards, but eventually they shut Well, the down. thing is, so Jacob Conover? It, kind of, it was eerily similar of Oregon's last drive. Is that except, Jacob Conover? Yeah, it was the okay. backup. Yeah. So Trenton Bourget gets rolled up on or something on his ankle. Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, he and was then, down. So Jacob Conover comes in, hands the ball off to get a first down. Or I guess whatever, and then I didn't because he's number fifteen. Yeah, we didn't realize that Borgia had come back. We thought that was yeah. We thought it was Conover the whole time. We thought Conover this whole time, but it, it was wasn't. Borgia. No, but Borgia he Borgia was like in the last. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight plays. And that then drive. That, and then there was that one play where ZTF got in on him real quick. Yeah, and uh, he had to throw the ball away. They escaped this one. They did. They absolutely did. One thing I'll say, and I'll probably say it in my wrap-up too, every team on a championship run seems to have one major clunker. Now, I think I said it after the Arizona game, but Arizona's proving to be a tough out right. for every team that they're playing. Yeah. And they destroyed Wazoo back at back at uh, back in Pullman. Right. They should have beat USC at the Coliseum. Yeah. So to go down there and get a win over Arizona doesn't look as clunkerish as it did before the way Washington played them. And I think this to, yeah. was the clunker. I, I was going to say too, guys. I think at the beginning of the year, especially with the way the Pac-12 in general played the non their non-conference schedule overall, it kind of really took the country by storm. We all thought top to bottom after that non-conference schedule that, that the Pac-12 was arguably the strongest conference in America, top to bottom. I think we're now starting to see that come up again. And we're starting to see that even the number 10, 11, 12 teams, I mean, look at what Stanford did at Colorado. Look at what Arizona State did tonight against Washington. Look at what, well, and Utah is a great team, but they have no quarterback right now, and they still went to USC and won. I don't know if you had a chance to hear what uh, Coach Pete called the conference because he says they're calling it the Conference of Champions. Within the next couple of weeks, it's going to be the conference of cannibals because everybody's just going to eat each yeah, but other with but the it, schedule. But yeah. we've seen, but we've seen that years and years, yeah. Kim. I mean, this is this is nothing new, and that's why I think it's funny when the national talking heads talk about the fact that they're going to eat Did each you, other alive. What the Pac twelve? <laughs> Pac twelve's done done that for like called, the last decade. He just called Coach Pete a national talking head. Mm. Well, he is, isn't he? <laughs> Well, at least he's a West Coast talking head, yeah, at the very anyways. least. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. It's late, and uh, we know how much we, you know, Scott's not going to sleep tonight because the kids are going to wake him up once he gets to sleep. So yep. wrap, it, wrap it up, Chris Fetters. Yeah, this is, this is a tough one because you want to give a ton of credit to Arizona State for coming in, fired up, really stifling Washington's offense, and, and by far having the best game plan against them as anyone has had all year. Because even Arizona, for instance, they still had a really good game plan, but Washington was still able to throw the ball all over the yard. Tonight, that nothing happened. Nothing worked. And for them to still be able to do that, turn the ball over four times and still come away with a win, that's pretty telling considering they weren't able to do that last year. So to, to go through that learning experience – to go through that together, come back, fix it, go down to Stanford, be road dogs. Do you think they're going to take anyone lightly from here on out? I don't think so. Scott Eklund, wrap it up. Um, you know, I, I said it before. You know, every team has a clunker. This one definitely was a clunker. Washington, should, from a talent standpoint, from a productivity standpoint, from an explosion standpoint, should have walked away from this game with a 25-30 point win. 
the Arizona State is a walking mash unit right now. They are, I mean, they lost one of their on seven, offense. On offense, yeah, they are for they sure. They lost one of their seven offensive linemen. Yeah, you know that they had. Yeah, they lost him, and Washington still couldn't do very much against them. The you know defensively, so um, Washington escaped with the win. The good news is they're seven and zero, and there is a ton to work on. And you would think that the coaches are going to be racking on these guys' brains and on their emotions all week and just going, see what happens when we don't take teams seriously. Right. This is what happens. So if you guys want to go win a, a national title, a conference title, and then possibly have a chance to win a national title, you cannot play like this ever again, period. And that's, the, that's going to be the storyline going into the week, guys. Is, is this the wake-up call? I think the big thing coming out of this, the big question is, is there now a blueprint to stop Washington or was this just a clunker? I, I think that's the question that needs to be answered. We'll find out a little bit against Stanford, but after that, going down to USC? I say it was a clunker, but yeah. I will say that Arizona is the Arizona State, the way they played, caused the clunking. Yeah. So. You know, it, this was not just Washington not playing well. It's this was Arizona State causing Washington a lot of problems. Well, but one thing I'll say, Washington lost 12 straight times to Oregon, and that called everybody. Everybody was vomiting in their mouth over that, and I totally get why. That was a top 10 team nationally, okay, when Washington was going through that losing streak to them. Guess what Arizona was when Washington lost 15 straight games to the Sun Devils? They were an average at best. They weren't even a top 25 team in that time. Arizona State, for whatever reason, whether it's played down there or up here, has Washington's number. They, there is something going on, and I think Husky fans should be very happy that they are going to the Big 12 and Washington is going but, to the Big 10. Well, yeah. And like I said, you know, we had to head down to Stanford uh, next week, and Stanford gave Colorado all they could handle, but uh, mm-hmm. I expect Washington they to come out. They didn't give UCLA uh, all they I could expect, handle. I expect that. Washington to come out on fire next week, but then going down to USC and seeing what kind of a mess USC. Do you know who USC plays next week? I don't. USC lost to Utah today, and that pretty much puts them out of the national championship picture. Did they already have a bye week, or is that their bye week? Yeah. Might be. Yeah. And the other thing, a couple other things going down to USC. I don't know if you guys heard this, but uh, post-game Lincoln Riley made no players available. Post game, mm-hmm. uh, also rumors of Caleb. Do you want to talk about also, how, they also, they talk about how many? You want to talk they about how many Cal. players were available post game tonight? Yeah, but that's different. This is a late game. They're trying to get guys out. But um, also, um, uh, there's rumors of Caleb Williams shutting it down, you know, with some kind of an injury. So no, I don't see that happening. Yeah, well, this is a guy who wants equity in a team who drafts him. Okay, so, well, whatever. So we'll see what happens so there. So the Trojans but play Cal next week. They play so. Cal, you know, and then, uh, you know, and it's uh, Utah, Oregon State, Washington State. It doesn't get any easier. No, it, it just gets harder and harder and harder. All right, let's wrap this up. It's late. So, again, just uh, looking down on Husky Stadium. I like the LEDs. I like the purple LEDs. I honestly Did don't you care. like the jerseys? Yeah, I'd rather be. I could care less. So Gold helmets, purple jerseys, gold pants. Yeah. Let's Anyways, hey, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells along with Chris Fedders and Scott Eklund. Go dogs.
Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.